Chapter 8, Part 2 of The American Language. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Language by H. L. Mencken. Chapter 8, Proper Names in America, Part 2. Given Names. The non-Anglo-Saxon American's willingness to anglicize his patronymic is far exceeded by his eagerness to give American baptismal names to his children. The favorite given names of the old country almost disappear in the first native-born generation. The Irish immigrants quickly dropped such names as Terence, Dennis, and Patrick, and adopted in their places the less conspicuous John, George, and William. The Germans, in the same way, abandoned Otto, August, Hermann, Ludwig, Heinrich, Wolfgang, Albrecht, Wilhelm, Kurt, Hans, Rudolf, Gottlieb, Johann, and Franz. For some of these, they substituted the English equivalents. Charles, Louis, Henry, William, John, Frank, and so on. In the room of others, they began afflicting their offspring with more fanciful native names. Milton and Raymond were their chief favorites thirty or forty years ago. Footnote. The one given name that they have clung to is Carl. This, in fact, has been adopted by Americans of other stocks, always, however, spelled C-A-R-L. Such combinations as Carl Gray, Carl Williams, and even Carl Murphy are common. Here, intermarriage has doubtless had its effect. End footnote. The Jews carry the thing to great lengths. At present, they seem to take most delight in Sidney, Irving, Milton, Roy, Stanley, and Monroe, but they also call their sons John, Charles, Henry, Harold, William, Richard, James, Albert, Edward, Alfred, Frederick, Thomas, and even Mark, Luke, and Matthew, and their daughters, Mary, Gertrude, Estelle, Pauline, Alice, and Edith. As a boy, I went to school with many Jewish boys. The commonest given names among them were Isidore, Samuel, Jonas, Isaac, and Israel. These are seldom bestowed by the rabbis of today. In the same school were a good many German pupils, boy and girl. Some of the girls bore such fine old German given names as Katharina, Wilhelmina, Elsa, Lotta, Ermentrude, and Franziska. All these have begun to disappear. The newer immigrants, indeed, do not wait for the birth of their children to demonstrate their naturalization, they change their own given names immediately they land. I'm told by Abraham Kahn that this is done almost universally on the east side of New York. Even the most old-fashioned Jews immigrating to this country, he says, change Yosel to Joseph, Yankel to Jacob, Liebel to Louis, Fievel to Philip, Itzik to Isaac, Ruven to Robert, and Moisey, or Mottl, to Morris. 
Moreover, the spelling of Morris, as the position of its bearer improves, commonly changes to Maurice, though the pronunciation may remain Morus, as in the case of Mr. Perlmutter. The immigrants of other stocks follow the same habit. Every Bohemian Vaklav or Vosjek becomes a William. Every Yaroslav becomes a Jerry. Every Bronislav a Barney. And every Stanislav a Stanley. The Italians run to Frank and Joe. So do the Hungarians and the Balkan peoples. The Russians quickly drop their national system of nomenclature and give their children names according to the American plan. Even the Chinese laundrymen of the big cities become John, George, Charlie, and Frank. I once encountered one boasting the name of Emile. The Puritan influence, in names as in ideas, has remained a good deal more potent in American than in England. The given name of the celebrated Praise God Barebones marked a fashion which died out in England very quickly, but one still finds traces of it in America, for example, in such women's names as Faith, Hope, Prudence, Charity, and Mercy, and in such men's names as Peregrine. The religious obsession of the New England colonists is also kept in mind by the persistence of biblical names. Ezra, Hiram, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Elijah, Elihu, and so on. These names excite the derision of the English. An American comic character in an English play or novel always bears one of them. Again, the fashion of using surnames as given names is far more widespread in America than in England. In this country, indeed, it takes on the character of a national habit. Fully three out of four eldest sons in families of any consideration bear their mother's surnames as middle names. This fashion arose in England during the 17th century, and one of its fruits was the adoption of such well-known surnames as Stanley, Cecil, Howard, Douglas, and Duncan as common given names. It died out over there during the 18th century, and today the great majority of Englishmen bear such simple given names as John, Charles, and William, often four or five of them. But in America, it has persisted. A glance at a roster of the presidents of the United States will show how firmly it has taken root. Of the ten that have had middle names at all, six have had middle names that were family surnames, and two of the six have dropped their other given names and used these surnames. This custom, perhaps, has paved the way for another, that of making given names of any proper nouns that happen to strike the fancy. Thus, General Sherman was named after an Indian chief, Tecumseh, and a Chicago judge was baptized Kennesaw Mountain. Footnote. The Geographic Board has lately decided that Kennesaw should be Kennesaw, K-E-N-N-E-S-A-W, but the learned jurist sticks to one N. End footnote. In memory of the battle that General Sherman fought there, a late candidate for governor of New York had the curious given name of D. Cady. Footnote. 
Thornton reprints a paragraph from the Congressional Globe of June 15, 1854, alleging that in 1846, during the row over the Oregon boundary, when 54, 40, or fight was a political slogan, many canal boats, and even some of the babies, were christened 54, 40. End footnote. Various familiar American given names, originally surnames, are almost unknown in England. Among them, Washington, Jefferson, Jackson, Lincoln, Columbus, and Lee. Chauncey forms a curious addition to the list. It was the surname of the second president of Harvard College, and was bestowed upon their offspring by numbers of his graduates. It then got into general use and acquired a typically American pronunciation, with the A of the first syllable flat. It is never encountered in England. In the pronunciation of various given names, as in that of many surnames, English and American usages differ. Evelyn, in England, is given two syllables instead of three, and the first is made to rhyme with leave. Irene is given two syllables, making it Irene. Ralph is pronounced Rafe. Jerome is accented on the first syllable. In America, it is always accented on the second. Footnote. The Irish present several curious variations. Thus, they divide Charles into two syllables. They also take liberties with various English surnames. Birmingham, for example, is pronounced Brimingham in Ireland. End footnote. End of chapter 8, part 2. Recording by Linda Johnson.